Welcome to Power Fueled Living, Spirit, Soul, and Body. Through Christ, we can thrive in every area of our lives. Today we're going to talk about a sensitive subject, and that subject is suicide. I have with me Patty Harrington of Firefly Outreach. Patty, welcome to the show. Well, thank you so much for having me. It's such a pleasure to be here. Well, Patty, I am looking forward to hearing your um, work with Firefly Outreach and dealing with the hard subject of suicide. How did you get started with this? Well, in August 2011, I came home from work one day and found that my 17-year-old son had taken his life. Life as I knew it did not exist any longer, and I had sometimes didn't even think I could ever go on. And through the process of time, which I will get into more detail later, um, I decided to start Firefly Outreach. Yeah, I, that had to be a very difficult moment for you. I, too, have experienced suicide with my mother's death, and I was the first to um, find her. And so it, it's, it's, it's a traumatic situation, and many people have had to deal with that type of trauma in their life. And how did you process through that? Well... A lot of times what I've found in, in speaking with people that haven't gone through this is that there's a difference between those that have actually endured the trauma of coming home and finding that person, as you just mentioned about your mom. When I found my son, it's like when you walk, like that day when I walked into the room, it's like I was in another world. Um, I went into this fight-or-flight mode. Somehow, some way, I managed to get my son down and try to do CPR on him, desperately to no avail, crying, screaming, doing everything within my power to get him uh, to come back, but it was too late. He was, he was already gone. Uh, the ambulance had gotten there, and I don't even remember how I even got in the car and followed the ambulance there. There is just something as far as the traumatic process of that, that it takes your body a certain period of time, mentally, emotionally, physically, and spiritually, to work through the process of such deep grief and loss. Mm-hmm, yeah, I, um, I remember the next day and it feeling like a dream but then just as quick as it felt like a dream I had to accept it as reality and I remember feeling very numb and very um, my life was very distorted at that point I didn't feel like I was actually living it felt like I was in some type of fog or fantasy it was and it took me several years to really process through the grief and through the disappointment, the anger, because we go through mm. so many different emotions and feelings when something like that happens. 
at some point, you know, you're saddened by it. At some point, you're angry. At some point, you feel like that person was being selfish. At some point, you are longing for that person. So there are so many emotions that you go through. And so you went through those same emotions yourself. And at what point did you find yourself able to bear it, able to deal with it uh, more strongly? Well, when I got to Tennessee, my oldest son lived in Columbia, and after the funeral, my son, pack your stuff, you're coming to Tennessee. And so when I came to Tennessee, I would find myself driving down the road, and I just would have these outbursts. I would just have these outbursts where I would just scream. It's the flashes from that image of my son in the closet was just tormenting me. I was, I could not even get that flashing image out of my mind. And I would just scream and cry and I would just cry out to God and I would pray and I would say, please help me. I don't know what to do. I don't know how I can even come through this. And after a period of time, I decided, now this is just me personally, but I decided I needed to have six months in a cabin out in the middle of nowhere. So I started looking for a cabin in West Tennessee, and I went to this place in West Tennessee I found on the Piney Rivers, cutest little cabin you've ever seen, and I rented this place for six months. I told the guy I rented it from, I said, I can't think past six months, so here is six months worth of rent. And so I stayed in that cabin, and I just really cried out to God. I spent that time just letting myself feel letting myself experience and and just the emotions and I would cry what I, I was just I was an emotional roller coaster one day I was just feeling okay and and then the next day I would just one night I even became suicidal myself because I sat on the couch one night and I just said I just can't do it I just how am I going to ever possibly even think about happiness again how could I ever smile again how can I ever find joy in my life again when I've lost the most beautiful thing a parent could ever lose and that's a child and my world was shattered it was completely shattered and I remember one night just crying out to God and saying God you've got to help me you've got to give me something for me to go on and early one morning around four o'clock in the morning and I would say it maybe was a slash dream slash vision and uh, I was half awake or um, it was the most unusual thing that I've never had anything happen to me but it was so real in this dream vision I knew that I was dreaming I knew that God was going to allow me to see my son in this dream and so all of a sudden, God spoke to me, and he says, I'm going to let you see Connor one more time. And I was saying in the him, to him in the dream, I was saying to him in the dream, Oh, God, thank you so much. Thank you for allowing me to see my son again. And about that time, my son walks to the doorway. And when I looked at him, I just tears were just gushing down my face, and I was looking at him from up and down, just doing everything within my power to capture that image, to burn that image, because he was standing right before me, but yeah. it was as if he was real. It was amazing. He didn't say anything to me, 
But his eyes spoke to me. Mm -hmm. And when his eyes spoke to me, he said, Mom, I'm okay. I'm with the Lord. Wow. What a powerful experience. It was. And God said to me, he said, Patty, don't ever worry or fret. I've got him. Mm. Mm. So then after that, that night really brought a lot of healing. Well, the next day when I got up, I was unpacking a couple small boxes and I went to get some things out of this box and my hand touched something and I picked it up and it was an old digital recorder I used in my company and when I worked in Mississippi. And I thought to myself, I said, well, I can use that again. I wonder what happened to it. I said, I can use this again when I start working. And it had three messages on it. And I started to push delete. And all of a sudden, I heard, don't delete those messages. Listen. And I pushed play. And it was my son, Connor. He said, Mom, I love you. I love you, Mom. So not only did God allow me to see my son in a vision slash dream, he allowed me to hear him as well. So really and truly, that night was a turning point for me. I said, I, I knew he was with God, that I knew, and I, that's when I really kind of began to turn around after that period of time. Yeah. Of course, there were times after that, that the emotional roller coaster, as you well know, when you lost your mom, and like you said, it's like people will say, well, you know, you'll get over it, you know. You, you'll, and this would just, just infuriate me because they would say, well, you know, just in a little time, you, you'll get over it. It's, I would just get so frustrated. I would think, are you serious? How can I ever get over the loss of a child? That is just something you just don't get over. And it's very difficult to hear those type of messages from yes. people who have not experienced it. Absolutely. If you have not experienced a loss that deep, something that significant, something that traumatic, you really have to be careful with your word. Yeah, I have experienced a lot of those situations. I actually, I was sharing my mother's uh, funeral with someone and I made the statement that she looked so peaceful in her casket. And this person said to me, well, you know, they make them look like that. Can you imagine, you know, that person really missed it there. So, yeah, you do (laughs) really missed it. And so, um, yeah, it's very important. And I would say that to the audience, you know, many of you have experienced what we're talking about. Many of you have experienced traumas and and life difficulties where the well-meaning person had uh, just just missed it, didn't say the right things. And you know, we have to forgive those people knowing that it was well-meaning. But I would say to you who want to offer comfort, want to offer words of encouragement, sometimes it's just not necessary. Sometimes just being there, just listening, just a hug is all we need, (laughs) you know. That's exactly right. Is all we need. When did you feel like you were a, at a place of wholeness to be able to give out of your experience? I would say it's a process. Mm-hmm. I, I, because I have such a deep love for the Lord, I feel whole and complete 
not always have felt that way, but because of my relationship with God, you know, I have felt whole. And, and going through this process of healing and, and understanding what the real battle is and what we have to endure. Because, see, the Lord began to speak to me about John 10.10, 10, about the thief. It was the thief that comes to steal, kill, and destroy. So I knew who my enemy was, the enemy of my soul. And oftentimes people would come to me and say, well, don't you blame God? Mm. Aren't you angry with God? I would say, absolutely not. God didn't kill my son. He didn't do that. You know, those, the John 10, 10, the enemy of our soul, Satan, comes to kill, steal, and destroy. And what does he do? It, the thought process the thoughts over and over and over and God allowed me to hear those thoughts and it was over and over and over kill yourself kill yourself kill yourself kill yourself I could just hear it echoing I could hear just that tormenting tormenting over and over and that's what happens is these thoughts you know the thoughts the mind is is a powerful thing and we can overcome those thoughts if we have a clear understanding of what we're dealing with in our minds. Yes. Uh, and oftentimes I am dealing with people on a consistent basis in the secular world where we do talk about mental illness. And yes, there is mental illness, but what I find is not to brand every single thing that happens to a human being as mentally ill. Mm -hmm. When you have a child that has been molested by his father and he can, at, at five to ten years of age it's that even uh, as an adult how could you function they're trying to work through their hurts so they are wounded in their soul so there is a process that people have to go through and sometimes when people are wounded in their souls they don't understand and they go through a lifetime and they end up obese or they end up you know an, an alcoholic or a sure. drug abuser because they're not dealing with the root cause and so they're self-medicating trying to take the pain away it's just like a someone that's a self-harmer mm -hmm. that's they're wounded in their soul and and we want to call everything that we're crazy and we're all mentally ill but sometimes, and I'm, I don't want to bash that. I, that's not what I'm meaning. I understand that there is a part of us that sure. we can have chemical imbalances yeah, and all right, that. So I don't right. want to discredit that. Right. But what I'm talking about is a lot of these young kids today have been hurt. Yes. They've been wounded. Yes. You've got parents that have gone through divorces. You've, you've got mothers that are yelling at their children, fathers and fighting back and forth mm -hmm. and the children are caught in the middle and they're they're going into their rooms they're getting on the internet they're exposed to so many things on the internet now so i mean it's just some d really horrible cycles that these young people sure. are dealing with sure and there's 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 levels in the same way that an offense can turn into bitterness yes a hurt can turn into a soul wound Yes. And those are very serious. And, and as you said, it's not always about a mental illness. Soul wounds are damaging. They, they can damage your identity. They can, as you mentioned, they can create 
chronic thoughts, chronic rumination, chronic negativity that leads to depression. The depression can grow into major depression. So there are so many ways that even just a small wound can build up and cause suicidal thoughts and suicidal ideation. Yes. And I, I love what you said about um, just not blaming God for it. Because, you know, that does seem to be a tendency for many people. I held God responsible for my mother's death. I did not hold God responsible for pulling the trigger. Mm -hmm. But I held God responsible for allowing her to die. So I was in that place of, Lord, why did you allow this to happen? Why did you allow her to die? And I was angry. And I went to him at that time, I was a teenager. I had, I was saved at 13, she died at 17. And for several years after that, although I was saved, I was not in that place of relationship like yes. I needed to be in. And when I rededicated my life to Christ, I asked the question. It's like, why did you allow this to happen? And I was still very angry. I was still very hurt. And I went to him with all that hurt, with all that anger, with all the questions. And he didn't dismiss me. He didn't push me away. He didn't correct me. But he lovingly took yeah. me through a healing process to the point where I got, <laughs> a lot of people don't understand this, but you know, you can, you can get a point in your relationship with God that you just trust him so much yes. and you love him so much and you understand that this life is so small compared yes. to, you know, heaven compared, our understanding is so small compared to him that it got to a point that when there is an argument of whether or not people who committed suicide would go to heaven or hell. I had gotten to a point, Patty, where I said, I don't know where my mother is. I would love to believe that she's in heaven. And as a matter of fact, I will choose to believe that because there was mental illness behind her suicide. But I said, but if she isn't, if she is in fact in hell, so be it. Lord, I'm going to love you anyway. Mm, amen. You are my father anyway. I'm going to trust you anyway. And so it is very important for us to allow ourselves to go through that healing process. But it's also very important for us, especially us as Christians, who may be struggling and battling with that Lord, that blame, Lord, why did you let this happen? Lord, how could this happen to me? It is very important for us to lay it all out. Yes. But also receive from him. Don't just lay it there and walk away. You know, be bold enough to stand there. And when you ask the question, let him minister to you. You yes. know, we have to do that. And those who are not saved, you know, who are struggling with whether or not they believe in God and, and all of that, I would have to say that if there's any of you watching the show, if you're struggling with salvation, if you're struggling with, you know, belief in God, there is a God yeah, and yeah. he's a loving father and he loves you 
regardless of your sins, regardless of your shortcomings, regardless of you. Yes. <laughs> he loves you. And he wants to heal your wounds. He wants to have a relationship with you. And he can take anything. He can take it. And, I mean, he knows all anyway. So he can take it. So, so talk to him about how you feel. Talk to him. Share your thoughts. Share your feelings. But more importantly, listen. Don't just walk away. Listen to what he has to say about it. So, Patty, tell me about Firefly Outreach. Well, uh, shortly after this, probably another few months after this, um, I was just spending time in prayer, and the Lord again spoke to me and, and dropped in my spirit, Firefly Outreach, Firefly. And um, Firefly, Jesus, is the light in the darkness. So he said to me, I want you to build this ministry on three foundational stones, which are purity, humility, and honor. And within those three foundational stones, I stand as the firefly, the light in the darkness, to go into the nations, you are my hands and you are my feet. And that was so clearly spoken to me. And I just really began to pray into this thing. And I really began to, you know, have a passion, a deep passion inside of me for the younger generation and um, I had so I mean because every time I would look at these young people it was like I would see Connors everywhere you know it's mm -hmm. you know when I go into schools now and, and I talk to these young people I mean for me I'm seeing Connors out there one right after another there's so many young people out there today that are struggling they're struggling with bullying. They're being bullied. They're struggling with cutting, suicidal thoughts. It is unbelievable at the issues perplexing our young people today. So that's my deepest passion is to bring life, bring life-giving words to them, and to share my story of the empty chair and how my, my life was impacted by suicide and to give them a real picture of the aftermath, that what you're thinking this is the reality of it, that all I'm left with is an empty chair for the rest of my life. Patty, I am very excited about the work that you do because I know that you are touching lives. Yes. I know that you are making an impact on generations. Yes. I know that you are offering hope to many. So how can we find more about Firefly Outreach? Well, we have a wonderful website, fireflyoutreach.com. And then also we have a Facebook page, Firefly Outreach. And we have a prayer page, Firefly Prayer. And I love for people to come into the prayer page because we're always, we get calls from different places all over the United States. And we post things in there when the, if people have prayer requests, if they have just, for instance, just today, I had a lady, her son has really been struggling with depression and, and suicidal thoughts, and she's been really worried about them. So they come in and post those prayer requests on their page. And we have over two, maybe 250 people on there that really pray. Mm, um, that sounds great. I don't know that every Wonderful. person prays, but I, I, yeah. I hope, everyone does yeah. but uh, we put it out there we have a no good number of people that do pray so it's a wonderful thing it's you know and my passion like I said you know uh, one of the scriptures that the Lord had given me is 
also was um, in Romans 8, 28. The Lord says everything works together for the good for those who are called according to God's purpose. So here's the thing. It's like God knows everything. He's infinite. He knows the end from the beginning. He already knows everything that we're going to go through. Yes. So the goodness and the mercy of God is, is the fact that he knew what I was going to go through on August 3rd, 2011. And he knew that my son was going to take his life. But God knew what I would do with it because God knew that I would say, I said to this myself, I said, God, I'm e I've got one or two choices I can make. I can either lay down and die with my son or I can make this my life's mission to change and impact lives all over this world. And I am telling you, it is a fire and a passion that burns inside of me like I have never had. And I have such these young people when I go into these schools, I feel like just the mother of a thousand kids it's like i just want to hug every single one of them i want to tell them how much the lord loves them and i just share with them and share love i, I speak to them about choices and their decisions you know that their choices determine their destiny and that they have the power to choose they have the power to choose how their life is going to go what they do with their life, even though they may be young, but it's those words, you know, maybe one word that I can say that they will remember when they get older and when they get in a difficult situation says, you know, I remember this blonde headed lady. She said, you know, we're going to have ups and downs in life, but everything always is temporary and this too shall pass. Amen. Yes. Amen. Well, I love the work that you're doing, and I love that you made a choice yes. for life and not death. And everything that we experience, every trauma, every heartache, we have choices of how we're going to react to them. And, you know, God gives us the answer. He says, choose life. <laughs> choose life. Yes. <laughs> and so, Patty, thank you so much for oh. joining me and... I would welcome you guys to please take a look at Patty's Facebook page, your your website. website as well, and you know get a part of this movement because this is a great movement. It's a blessed movement, and you can literally be a part of changing lives. I hope you enjoyed today's show. Please share this episode and spread the word with your followers on social media, and connect with me on Power Fuel Living's website and Facebook page. Thanks for listening. God bless. Join Lisa each week for faith-filled, spirit-led messages and interviews that will empower you to live your best life, spirit, soul, and body.